0: Sure, we've all had fun messing around with AI image generators and conversation bots. But AI is more than a novelty. And it's possible that your business could benefit from AI integration. SAP Business AI can help your business innovate, whether it's supply chain, finance, human resources, sales and marketing, even a generative AI co-pilot. SAP Business AI can offer the solutions you've only dreamt of. Revolutionary technology, real world results. That's SAP Business AI. Learn more at sap.com slash AI.
1: Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better.
2: All right, everybody, you're hearing the victory horns and while most people think the victory horn should have been for Kai Car France, they're not for Kaikar France. Amir al-Bazi picks up the biggest win of his career via split decision and after a week off from UFC events, we've got some controversy. And the first main event back at the Apex is we welcome you to the UFC Vegas 74 live post fight show here at MMAfighting.com. Thank you for joining us. Clearly a lot to talk about this main event. I am Mike Heck, and joining me, and by the way, let's all wish this man a happy four year anniversary with MMAfighting.com. The great Damon Martin, the host of Fighter vs. Writer, actually the co-host along with the great Matt Brown. Damon, how are you, sir? I am fantastic. I'm happy to be here for a post show. I know. I don't know if we've ever done a post show together after all this time. I think, yeah, I think we may have done one. But yeah,
3: I'm generally on writing duty after the fight. So I don't generally get to do the post shows.
2: I think we might have done like a knuckle mania one. <laughs> yeah, that might have been. I think I might. Have, didn't we do Anderson Silva, Jake Paul? Wasn't that one we did? Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's what it was. That's, I think that's what it was. Yeah, I think we did that one. Yeah. So, yes. Well, I mean, what a time for you to join us on a post-fight show because Amir <laughs> al-Bazi wins a split decision over Kaikar France, and pretty much everybody that I saw on Twitter scored the fight for Kaikar France. The only person that I didn't see score for Kai Kaikar France was Bilal Mohammed, and I'm not really surprised by that. So how did you score the fight, Damon?
3: I had it 48-47, Kaikar France. Uh, I didn't really think it was that controversial of a scorecard, although I will say... There were a couple of close rounds in there. I could see going one. I mean, the only really, I mean, there were a couple of pretty clear rounds, but I think three of them could have been fairly close. So I don't know. I, I don't. I wouldn't go as far as say robbery. I don't know if i go as far as say robbery. There were a couple of close rounds in there. And if you scored them for Albazi, I, I wouldn't say you're totally wrong. Although I did feel pretty comfortable with 48-47 for Car France, but yeah. Um, Again, I think it's really coming down to whether the judges were scoring aggression, which we know that shouldn't be the top criteria, uh, aggression, and Albazi was the one throwing the power punches versus Car France throwing a lot of the volume punches. Uh, Again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying, like, in my head, that's why I think the judges scored it the way they did.
2: So, I had a 48 47 Kai Car France as well. I was fully expecting, I, I, I'm i the one that's tweeting out the results. So, I had written Kai Car France defeats Amir Albazi via unanimous decision. And I was just waiting for the cards. I thought we we're going to get like a couple 48 47s, maybe a 49 46 for Kai Car France. Cause I was wondering, well, maybe a judge gave Car France the first round. And then to me, if that's the case, then that would be a. for Kaikar France the way I had scored the fight, but not the case, however. And I was very surprised uh, to see Amir Albazi win the fight. I don't know if I'm ready to say robbery either. I'm teetering over there, though. Like, I'm leaning there, but I'm not quite there. So I'm probably in the same boat as you. I believe Casey has the scorecards, because I would love to see what this looks like. All right, so there's the cards. Uh Two of the judges gave Kaikar France the first round. I thought Kaikar France clearly won the second round. All three judges gave round two to Amir Albazi which I find kind of surprising. I thought it was a clear third round for Albazi That was the, the near submission attempt. I thought he had a submission on Kaikar France. Car Kai France was able to escape it, got some momentum heading into the fourth. I thought it was a clear fourth round for Kaikar France. Chris Lee gave the fourth round to Amir Albazi, which I just don't know what world you can give round four to Amir Amir. And round five, to me, was a clear Kaikar France round. So what do you think of the cards now that you see them, Damon? Just two and four just seems like to me that those are four, especially. But I I felt pretty comfortable coming out of round two that Kaikar France won that round.
3: I feel like Mike Bell is the one who who had it pretty much the exact same way I had it,
2: and I think that's probably the way you had it as well, Mike am I guessing that's right so I gave one to Albazi, I gave two to Car France and then I gave three to Albazi and I gave four and five to Car France but one was okay. the one I was like, well maybe they gave it to Car France because it was a very close round so it could be 4946, but I had to 4847. Yeah. I gave Albazi round one.
3: Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to say because there's a couple of those. This is see, it's when you get, when you hear the scorecard, you're 48, 47. And, and again, I'm, I'm standing by the fact that there were a couple of really close rounds on there and you know, it was a close fight, but when you see 48, 47, you're like, okay, well that, that makes sense. It's, it's, you know, that's pretty much what I had it. And then you look at the scoring round by round and that's always where you start shaking your head. Cause you're like, okay. The fourth and the fifth seemed pretty clear for Car France to me. Those were, you know, just as much as the third round. It was the first two that were a little bit closer, I guess. Round five, round four, and round five, to me, were. I I don't have I don't have an issue. I mean, to me, Car France won those rounds. I mean, just uh, round three was clearly the most dominant round where Albazi had the back and nearly got the choke and everything, but. Yeah, that's kind of again, that's where you start shaking your head, when you start seeing the individual round scoring and you're like, "Hold on now. Like 48 47 makes sense, but when how how did you score certain like that would be like the third round going to Car France. You're like, "How in the world would you give that round to Car France? Same kind of thing here where it's like 4 and 5 where it's 1 and 2 to me were the the toughest rounds to score now that I'm remembering and looking at the scoring. Round 3 was pretty clear, and rounds 4 and 5 to me were fairly clear. Now that I'm trying to think about it. So, yeah, I, I, the, the the score, that's always what gets me riled up because I start looking at the individual rounds. I'm like, oh, you guys did good. 48-47, makes sense. And then I see how you scored at 48-47. I'm like, no, you screwed
2: up again. It was like, I'm trying to, like, remember a fight where I kind of felt the same way. Um, Patty Pimble, Jared Gore may not be, like, the best example, but like the more i went back and watched that fight the more i was like eh maybe you could give it to patty but then just the way they one judge scored the third round for patty when even patty was like i took that round off i didn't even try and judge uh, someone still scored that round for patty i'm like eh, that doesn't seem right but yeah I, I mean i'm i'm not on team robbery but if it's between like team fair and team robbery like i ain't switzerland i'm probably on the border of robbery, but I just haven't gone over the over the state lines yet, if that makes sense. I'm
3: not I'm not on I'm not ready to call it a robbery because again, I think it was a very close fight. What I have an issue with is how it got scored, as I said, that I have a bigger issue with that than the actual result. Because when you're telling me that the reason I mean again, uh what was the fight that happened uh, oh it was uh Aljamain Sterling and Henry Cejudo. Like, you know, the one round that was clearly for Henry Cejudo, That's a great Example and, and and Aljamain Sterling got it. Now, I think the right guy won. I think Aljamain Sterling won that fight. I had him winning four rounds to one. I would have been, I think that would have been, to me, in my mind, a much bigger robbery based upon the round scoring to give it to Andrew Cejudo. But it's only because that one judge screwed up the fifth round that Aljamain actually got the win, which, again, is remarkably stupid. But, again, that's just how scoring goes. So, again, here I don't think it's a robbery. I would lean closer to the you know, just close fight and, and, you know, give it, you know, going either way on, on the way to scorecards. But then when you actually break down the scorecards, that's where the issues arise again. That's where you're like, how in the world do you give four, four or five to Amir al It's just, again, this is, I, it just boggles the mind. And I, and I truly, Mike, I truly do believe I was, I was writing my recap for the fight and I pretty much had it, like you said on the results, I pretty, been, had, pretty much had it written for Kar- Kaikar France based on the last couple of rounds. I'm telling you right now the judges will never speak about this so we'll never actually get to hear their side of things but I guarantee you it was Albazi marching forward le- throwing the big power punches and going for takedowns the one in the fight. Now, we all know based on the scoring criteria, thank you Laura Senko for pointing that out a couple times during this event, that's not actually the case. But if I was like going to talk to these guys and they were going to justify their scores, I guarantee you that's what they would say made the difference for them.
2: I'm looking at MMA decisions, not that this is the, the be all end all, but let's see. One, two, three, four, 5, 10, 15, 19 of 21 media members scored it for Kai Car France, 10 of which, which is more than the others, 10 scored at 49, 46, Car France, 9 scored at 48, 47, Kai Car France and bloody elbow and i mean you could just go look it up so i'll say the name is paul fontaine from the wrestling observer both scored it for amir albazi so a couple people did see it for amir i just don't really know how you got there especially going round by round but there you go so i mean we could talk about scoring and all this all we want but amir albazi gets on the microphone damon and says it's my title shot now. Brandon Moreno and Alexander Pantoja are again ready to fight at UFC 290 on July 8th, International Fight Week. And he says, I demand the winner. It's my shot. Let's do it in Abu Dhabi. Does he have a case here or is he just kind of waiting for Brandon Roy Val to get his shot first? And he's probably gonna have to fight at least one more time before he gets before he sniffs a title shot.
3: I think it depends on how the UFC wants to play that card in Abu Dhabi. I mean, he's not wrong. In the idea, I mean, he's from Iraq, you know what I mean? Like, he's going to have a massive fan base of it. It's like, it's really what is becoming Benil Dariush's saving grace uh, coming up against Charles Oliveira. Because, again, Benil Dariush, abs- if he beats Charles Oliveira, he absolutely deserves the title shot. But doing it in Abu Dhabi against Islam makachev is a is a big fight. I mean, that's just, a, you know, Benil from the area. Islam obviously has a huge fan base over there that will actually be a really big fight. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, Dustin Poirier or Justin Gaethje would also be a big fight, but that, to me, is helping Benil Dariusha's case. And I think, realistically, that's helping Amir al He's from Iraq. He knows there's going to be a massive outpouring of support for him over there in Abu Dhabi. So I don't think he's crazy. I think it's actually a pretty smart call-out if you really think about it. I mean, we know Devison Figueiredo is out of the picture right now at flyweight. Uh, you know, so, like, in terms of contenders, and you look at guys, Brandon Roy Val's obviously right there. But if the UFC actually does this, and again, that's a big if, because we got to let Moreno and Pantoja play out in July, and if Pantoja wins, I wouldn't be shocked that they would just do an immediate rematch because they have history. But, you know, we'll see. Um, But depending on how that fight goes and if there is a clear winner and let's say Moreno wins – they got two choices. They can go to Mexico with Brandon Moreno, which I think is a very smart choice, which I think they probably should have done anyways with him and Alexa Grasso and some of the other great stars. We have obviously Ayer Rodriguez, another example of that. Or you could go to Abu Dhabi. And, and Amir al-Bazi does have a legitimate case to say, hey, I'm one of the guys who hasn't fought for a title. I'm now going to be in the ranked in the top five. And that's going to be a bigger fight in Abu Dhabi. So I don't think he's crazy. I think it's actually a very smart call out.
2: I don't think he's crazy. I mean, I think that's what you should call. You can't say, well, I probably didn't win that fight, so I don't deserve a title shot. So when you get on the microphone, and even if he didn't call somebody out, Michael Bisbing would have said, oh, come on, give me a name. (laughs) No, I'm not really going to call. No, 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 come on, come on, come on. I'll list you 10 names, just pick one. Like, Bisbing just really wanted people to call people out tonight. But hey, Abazi gets the win. He's on a roll right now. And either way, I thought his stock rose tremendously. Because I even tweeted out, 48-47 Kaikar France, but Amir al is going to be hanging around the top five for years to come. I was impressed with what he did. I just felt like heading in, Kaikar France just fought the better competition. He's been in these five-round fights. He's been in these spotlights before, and I just felt like that experience was going to pay off. And I felt like that's kind of how the the last two rounds went. I just think his experience played out, his ability to overcome adversity and come through on the other side. It's played out pretty much the way I thought it was going to play out. I thought someone was gonna get finished in this fight didn't really happen, but good for Amir Albazi, I guess. He he got the job done and he moves on I mean, to, to bigger and better things.
3: A lot of people are gonna disagree with me about this, and that's fine. But this is, I mean, again, I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with the decision. I scored it for Kai Car France. Let me be clear about that. But this is the this is the better result for the UFC because Car France has had his shot. He's been there towards the top of the division a couple of times. He had the interim title shot and he lost Albazi's undefeated in the UFC he does again have the fan base in the Middle East and they are expanding and doing a lot more cards in Abu Dhabi realistically this is a better scenario for the UFC because car France wins he's not getting a title shot again anytime soon he's just not I mean yes if pantoja wins it resets a division a little bit but he's not getting a title shot anytime soon realistically albazi could you know whether he does right now or whether he has to win one more that's that's you know we'll we'll you know we'll wait and see how that plays out but realistically like it or not albazi winning is better for the ufc and the flyweight division because we are kind of getting a fresh crop of contenders in there now because we had to go through that moreno figueredo quad what do we call it quadruple quadrilogy whatever tetralogy. It's called. tetralogy whatever it is we had to go through all that and now we're actually getting a reset you know maybe manel cobb had a great chance to make his argument if he would have fought figueredo i think he would have been a great case to earn a title shot unfortunately we know that's not happening i know Manel Cop told me he wants Brandon Royval. That's the fight he wants now. I think that would be a barn burner. You know what I mean? And that would easily cement a number one contender. But yeah, Albazi winning is, is, is a better scenario. Like it or not is a better scenario for the UFC because car France wasn't going to get a title shot and he probably wasn't going to threaten for that title shot next anyways.
2: I can see it. I can see where you're coming from with that. So Amir gets the win. Kaikar France now lost two straight. He seems to be uh, very mentally strong, so I think he'll be a little pissed off. He might eat his feelings a little bit tonight, might might have a couple of libations more than he had planned, but he'll come back and maybe do Kaikar France versus Manel Cop later on this year. I'd watch the crap out of that fight. Bonuses, Damon. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I mean, Manel Cop versus pretty much anybody you could sign me the hell up for. Bonuses, I want to... Get your take on this, Damon, and see if you agree with this. The fight of the night, I think, is was pretty clear. I love the main event, and if they gave the main event the fight of the night, I wouldn't have complained about it, but Alex Caceres and Daniel Pineda beat the living crap out of each other for 15 minutes, so that was obviously the fight of the night. You knew that was going to get it. Performance bonuses, Mohamed Naimov, who knocked out Jamie Malarkey, you knew he was getting one, and then it w- it was kind of a toss-up. Was it going to be Jim Miller, who was heavily favored against a guy stepping in on two and a half, three days notice in Jesse Butler? Jim Miller just pulverized him in 23 seconds. Or do we go with Karine Silva, who gets a main card opportunity and – put on this leg lock. They called it a knee bar. I don't even know what we're going to call it. I think we're going to have to create some sort of a name for it. Cause it looked like it could have been a heel hook, but it wasn't really one. And then could have been a knee bar, but it was like something in between it. Don't really know. We saw the leg snap nasty and they gave it to Jim Miller. Do you agree with this?
3: Oh man, you're really putting me on the spot here. Um, Part of me says, yes, I do agree with it for one, for, you know, one major reason it's Jim effing Miller. And when that guy goes out and scores the fastest knockout, fastest finish of his UFC career, he had a 58 second finish or 54 second finish over Clay Guida a couple of years ago with the guillotine choke, I believe it was, uh, when that guy's, you know, on his 25th UFC win and he scores a 23 second knockout over a late replacement listen, I understand Jesse Butler, you know, two days notice. Was he really fit to be in there? Was he really worthy of a Jim Miller? Probably not, but you know, come in there. So, you know, go big or go home. And he certainly is going home with a, with a knockout loss on his record. So part of me is like, man, give that guy a bonus, give Jim Miller a bonus. He absolutely deserves it. And I'll stand by that because I love Jim Miller. And I think that guy's just getting extra $50,000 every time he wins. I don't care what he does. That being said, create Silva, man, that was one of the nastiest leg lock submissions. And I think, it kind of bums me out sometimes that the prelim fighters kind of get overlooked it seems like a little bit and and I know the prelims and main cards on these on these Apex cards all blend together anyway. so you know is it really matter whether you're on the prelims or the main card but it does feel like the main card does get a little bit more consideration with bonuses and listen it is jim effing miller i mean the guy's a legend and for him to go out there and score a 23 second knockout it was a it was a nasty knockout it wasn't just like he took him down and landed some ground and pound or he clipped him and caught him and he went down he flattened that dude folded him in half uh yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with him giving it to Jim Miller, but I really, really – I really wish this was one of those scenarios where Dana White would pull out the checkbook and say, here, Karina Silva, you get 50K as well.
2: Yeah, I think he's speaking with the media right now, so I'm sure somebody probably asked him about that, and I'm sure he's probably going to say that he's going to take care of her because how can you not? That was one of the nastiest submissions you'll ever see. Uh, yeah, that, that made – 23 seconds i kind of figured jim was going to get the bonus over karine that we said that i i was talking to casey about this before we went on and i was like 23 seconds and the way he knocked him out it's gonna be hard not to give him a bonus saris daniel pineda was clear-cut fight of the night tim elliot gets a nice win over victor altamirano that man needed something good to happen in his life and he went out there and put on a hellacious pace and got the win mentioned Silva. Eliza Zaleski gets a splitty over Abu Bakr, Nirmaga Some people weren't really happy with that decision either. Daniel Santos kicked Johnny Munoz in the balls real hard twice and got a unanimous decision despite getting a point taken away. Dantel Mays knocks out former heavyweight champion Andrei Arlovsky. John Casaneda and Muin Gafarov had a pretty damn good fight. That was a good one, Damon. We were, we were like tweeting back and forth. We're like, oh, man, we got the Naimov knockout. The... Momentum is starting to shift a little bit after that, and then we're what? And then Casaneda and, and Gaffarov put on a hell of a fight, and I feel like they, those two guys deserve a little bit of shine tonight.
3: Yeah, that was a good one as well. That was a really fun fight. There were a couple of good ones. Like I said, there were a couple of girly fights that really did have uh, kind of show-stealing potential. And then, you know, of course, Caceres and Pineda come out there. And you're, it's like I, I said, like, next week's card, UFC 289, like, you're already you're already behind an eight ball because you got Dan Ege fighting Nate Landwehr on the main card. Like, if you're anywhere else trying to get a fight of the night, on next week's card, you're kind of like, damn it, I got to go against these guys. And that's kind of what you looked at with Caceres and Pineda. You're like, we really have to steal the show if we're going to take the bonus away from these guys.
2: Yeah, that was a great fight. Elise Reed gets a win over Jin Yu fry We'll see what happens with Jin. Uh, I think both women were probably fighting for their jobs, but we'll see what happens. Debon Belt Blackshear gets a nice finish. Luan Lacerda just really wanted to get that leg locked up and... Damon Blackshear is like, nah, dude, I can defend this. I'm just going to punch you in the face a million times so the <laughs> referee stops the fight. And Philippe Linz remains undefeated as a UFC light heavyweight defeats Maxim Grishin in a fight where probably, which is good for Philippe, he gets the... Uh, you know, gets the, the win bonus, but probably not a fight. We're going to go back and, and watch again. So that, that was, is the
3: my, my heck that is the last time you will ever mention Felipe Lins versus <laughs> Maxim Grisham. Be honest. You will never utter those two words again in the same sentence after tonight.
2: Unless like we break Philippe's next fight. We have to say like in his most recent appearance, he defeated Maxim Grisham. <laughs> his decision. Uh, yeah. So that fight happened and, and that's how the night began. So
0: Sure, we've all had fun messing around with AI image generators and conversation bots but AI is more than a novelty and it's possible that your business could benefit from AI integration SAP Business AI can help your business innovate whether it's supply chain, finance, human resources sales and marketing, even a generative AI co-pilot SAP Business AI can offer the solutions you've only dreamt of Revolutionary technology, real world results That's SAP Business AI Learn more at sap.com/slash AI. Support
1: for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better.
2: Let's bring in Casey. I'm sure the the peeps have a have a lot to say. I'm, I'm sure most of them are are just really pissed off at the judges <laughs> yeah. right now and just yelling robbery and all of that. And I got to say, if if you're a fan, I'm I ain't here to blame you. If if that's how you feel, I'm not here to fight with you on that. Um, I gave where I'm at. You guys think it's a clear cut robbery? Have at it. I ain't gonna. I'm not here to fight with you. But a lot of people are pissed off. Israel Adesanya is livid about this decision. He is pissed. He is tweeting up a storm.
4: Yeah, I, I really think it's, it's how like, – uh, like, like Damon said, it's how the rounds are scored. I think it's it's justifiable that Al-Bazi won, even though well, I think we have about 95% of media having it for KKF. But the interesting part, uh, round four, I go to the um, – so on MMA, the great website MMA Decisions um, – uh, they have 94% of fans having round four for Kaikar France, which is it was like so round four, round five are identical,
2: 94%. So, um, yeah, it's wild. Um, well, what's interesting I, about this is I completely agree with Damon. It's the cards, because yeah. if two of those judges scored the first three rounds for Amir Bazi, we would not be having this conversation right now.
4: We would we, would, not do the, be we, having we would do the whole close fights aren't robberies, you know, or whatever. we will do yeah. that whole conversation. But if you look at the scorecards and you by round 4, it makes zero sense. Um Yeah. How I could just you yeah? Wish you just, we I had just
3: that's the, <laughs> That's exactly what I, that's exactly what I was saying. Like if you when I when I opened this show, I said, "Uh, ah, it's a close fight, you know, I can't really see, you know, I can't really have a problem with Albazi winning." Then you show me the scorecards, then I have a problem because that's where you lose me because you scored it wrong. You didn't, I don't have a problem with Al-Bazi winning as much as I have a problem with how you scored him winning.
2: Yep. And I was like Derek Cleary, you mentioned Cejudo, Aljamain Sterling. Derek Cleary scored the fifth round for Aljamain Sterling when that was like clear as day henry cejudo's round like henry cejudo clearly won that fifth round and that's, had the only, the that's, the only, that's the only round i that's the only round i scored for cejudo i had a 4-1 yeah. algebra with the fifth it, it, round being for it, cejudo we had we had an identical ins- but like, it hey, th- insane th- that, it's if you scored th- the fight correctly if you scored that round correctly henry cejudo's the freaking bantamweight champion right now which is just wild to even say into a live microphone <laughs> unbelievable how different would our world be
4: right now if Henry Cejudo was the bantamweight <laughs> champion? <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, it's yeah. Sorry. Let's
2: go to some questions. Yes. Yeah. We'll do, take do, we'll do. take a few questions. Yeah. Like I said, uh, like we said earlier, heading into this one, there's not a ton of storylines coming out of this this card, but I feel like this decision something we're going to be talking about for a few days.
4: You know, but that's what sucks about this card too. Um, about this this decision because we're talking about the wrong things we're not talking about um i I mean i was i had my mind i was prepared to say hey albazi he may have lost his fight but he is a legit flyweight contender like i I could i I don't know he might he won't he won't fight for the title this year but i could see in the next two three years we are going to see him in the top five top 10 for a long time you know he's already in top 10 but we're gonna see him top five very soon and now it's just yeah i just it sucks it, it's it sucks for albazi definitely sucks for kaikara france but um yeah i just i'm kind of tired of going to the same conversation after big fights i want to talk about the actual fight not what three randos around the cage how they scored the fight so it's just it's frustrating
2: <laughs> i just want the judges to like just say what like they should be a part of the press conference.
4: yes yes i don't like why fan... can't we change
2: this Come on. I don't get it. I don't get it. But
3: there's or- also, and there's, let's also, and, and to give, and listen, I want to give credit where credit's due on the commentary team tonight. Laura Sanker did a tremendous job when she talked about scoring. And you'll not find a bigger Michael Bisping fan <laughs> personally. I love Michael. <laughs> I, I love that dude. I, I've loved Michael Bisping for a lot of years. But sometimes when he talks about scoring, I'm like scratching my head. Like, I, I seriously want to text him after the fight, be like, dude, like, do you not like, know like, cause he actually, at one point, he's like, He had a problem with them not scoring defend. Like it it wasn't saying it's he was basically saying it's wrong that they don't score defending takedowns. And I'm just like, Mike, what are you doing here? You're killing me here with some of this commentary on the scoring. I love you, man. But come on.
2: Uh, Sanko was great tonight. She was fantastic.
4: Laura Sanko is so good in the color commentary booth. Um that's that's all she's just she's wonderful she, i do I, I can actually i i literally i i learn things when laura senko is talking about the fights i go oh okay it's i just she's great and i just really hope the ufc starts giving her bigger cards bigger fight nights pay-per-views um i just hope that's the direction they're going because uh she's a great uh asset to the ufc
3: my only my only and i i don't understand like laura is so good And they should put her on more cards. And I don't mean that they should take away cards from guys like Paul Felder, Michael Bisping, Daniel Cormier, who are all tremendous. I like all those guys. So I'm not saying take away cards from them to give to her, but – like I think she would have been great for next week's pay per view. I think that would have been tremendous for her first pay per view. I mean, again, Women you got to ease them, yeah, yeah, ease work, him, it ease, him in, ease him into it a little bit. It's not the biggest card. Let's be honest, you know, it's not the biggest pay per view. Women headlining would have been cool with that, and also you avoid the one, the only issue I had tonight was her calling Tim Elliott's fight. That's her Tim. That's her teammate, and yep. it's not Laura Sanko, by the way. I have the same issue when it's Daniel Cormier. I have the same issue when it's Paul Felder. I hate when they put the commentators on when they have clear, you know, kind of conflicts of interest. And again, I think she did as good of a job she could do, but it's still a conflict when you're calling your freaking teammates fights.
4: The one thing I will give uh, Laura, first of all, she did a great job commentating that fight, but... She uh, I don't know if she said I'm biased, but she 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 told the she told the audience many times I train with him. I've seen him train. You know, it wasn't like she was just kind of saying stuff about him. So I I felt the audience at least because we know, but I don't I don't think the audience for the most part knew that, you know, they they were in the same gym for years so uh yeah and it's not it's
3: but as i said i thought she navigated it pretty well but i'm i'm saying like across the board oh in general just don't don't do it just don't like you could have put her on ufc 289 and put you know felder or somebody else this week let her do 289 i think that would have been a tremendous card for her to call pay-per-view and then you avoid this conflict like i thought she did as good of a job as she could but i'd say the same thing when you know, when Daniel Corbin is calling Khabib's fights or or if he was calling, you know, whoever. Like I don't I don't like it when they put those guys in that situation.
4: Agreed. Agreed. It's just unnecessary. And it just luckily I think with uh Tim winning, it, it wasn't like there was nothing controversial in the fight really to kinda make it weird. But uh yeah, in general, I don't know why the UFC does it. But do the questions, uh Oops, I'm sorry, I'm going to this
2: that. Too small. Uh, does the UFC need to keep doing Cards of the Apex? I think Cards of the Apex hurt the fighters. Look at tonight. People are pissed that Amir is 5-0 and oh in the UFC. I mean, what, would it have been worse if he got booed out of the building? Like when he was giving his post-fight speech? I, I don't know. Like it's not going away, everybody. Yeah, I, I that like this fight's just not selling tickets. You know what I mean? Like just look at some of these fight night cards. They're that, not it, selling tickets.
3: You say you say booed out of the building. If they sold tickets to this, there would have been nine people booing him out of the building because no one's buying tickets to this card. Let's be honest. I mean, I'm not I'm not right. insulting I'm saying like this is not a card you're gonna be able to sell twenty thousand or ten thousand tickets to or nine thousand tickets to you know or- what?
4: You don't need to put it in a basketball arena. I go to lots of um, boxing events for Showtime. Showtime boxing, and they'll have it in venues for like five thousand people, six thousand people. You don't have to do twenty thousand, fifteen thousand seat arenas. Do a six thousand seat arena, and I think, you know, like like used to did the you do the, the Palms, you know, things like that. I don't understand. But well, then just a couple of weeks the ago, Mar- or- where do they
2: have um, Marab and Yan? They yeah, had just- that in. Because That was a Because the, the, the power, because, because the the power slap. Yeah. 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 And that was yeah. great. And,
4: and think about it, it changed. Like, I I, I I talked about We talked about this internally a little bit. But, like, imagine if Pineda Caceres was in just a crowd. It doesn't have to be 30,000 people, 10,000 people, just 5,000 people. That fight has a completely different feel. You know, um, I just... It just sucks. I don't know. I don't know. I, I know why the UFC does it. I'm just bummed they do, do it. I'm bummed they do that now. Just because I, yeah. I feel like they're being lazy.
3: I think I think these these apex cards are not going away. They're just no, they're not. not. They it's aren't. too it's too it's too cheap and too cost effective for the UFC to continue doing this. They just said Brendan Fitzgerald said in the broadcast, they're gonna do the next four months. Every Saturday night there's a UFC event, and I'd imagine at least a third of those are gonna be at the apex. Because again, I, I, listen, I'm not, I swear to you, I'm not trying to, I, I like the, I like that some of these, like, I love that we got Kai Car France and Amir al as a main event. I'm glad these guys got the opportunity. Now they got the opportunity because another main event fell off. The, uh, Jack Hermanson fight fell off. Not that Brendan Allen and Jack Manson was the biggest fight in the world, but this was not originally a main event. And even that one would have been a tough sell. Sean Strickland. And what is it? Albus Megamedov, Albus Dumbledore, whoever he's fighting from Harry Potter, Where that guy's name is uh that one you know marvin vittori and jared cannon here i like that fight but let's be honest are people gonna plunk down 100 200 for tickets to see that i'm gonna guess no so that's why they put them in the apex lower than and that's why it's, it, it, that's why yeah but and then then the UFC will know. say production costs to travel to bring the octagon to you know to you know podunk whatever city across the u.s whatever they're not going away. Do I agree? Do I wish they would go away? Absolutely. I'm 100% on board with with the reader here, but I'm just saying, like, they're not going away.
2: No, not a chance. Not with how many cards they have to put on. Yeah, it's just... and I, on a, uh, month, like, I, Yeah, four months is just insanity. Like, that's wild.
4: Yeah, think about... Sorry, look at this question about Bruce Leroy. If you want to read that.
2: Uh, should Bruce Leroy be in front of fans? He has won seven of eight and did his streak in the apex
4: yeah all of his Um, i guess his last week that's two back-to-back fight bonus he had a knockout of the night against uh rosa and then a fight of the night tonight all of them were in front of dozens a dozen not even dozens (laughs) a dozen people um i i feel bad for bruce leroy i'm not saying i don't think the guy is going to be break the top 10 or fight for a belt but he deserves better that's all And, um, yeah, I I just, yeah.
2: But at the same, like and to, to back to, to Damon's point about ticket sales, like I'm looking at Ticketmaster right now for the Jacksonville card. There are a lot of tickets available for that card. And that is coming up in three weeks, three weeks from today. There's thousands of tickets left for that card. Like if you go and look at like each seat map, I mean, thousands of tickets left and that's Josh Emmett versus, um, Ilya Ilya Teporia. I was gonna say Ilya yeah. Latifi. I was like, "What the hell am I talking about?" Yeah, <laughs> Ilya yeah. Great fight, but is that a, like a Jacksonville tent? Is that a twelve thousand seat arena main event? I don't know. I just don't. I don't know how it's gonna be. It's it's gonna be an early afternoon card because on ABC. You're asking a lot. I mean,
3: the UFC had this streak of like thirty eight straight sellouts, and the one sellout they didn't get. Was the Kansas City car with Max Holloway and Arnold Allen? Now, that's a, I love that fight. That's a tremendous fight. Max Holloway is a legit name, former champion, one of the greatest featherweights of all time. But again, even that didn't sell out because people just probably weren't like willing to plunk down money for a ticket for that. And you're running the same thing with, you. that's why I say the Apex cards are never going away because they don't want to risk putting, Marvin Vittori and Jared Cannonier out there and in a, even a, even a 8,000 seat arena and it sells 2000 tickets. They don't want that visual. They don't want the visual of looking out in the crowd and there's 5,000 open seats. They don't want to do that. They want to try to put on shows where they can fill the arena, get as close to a sellout as possible. So I feel bad for Alex Caceres. And he's been on this run because he's one of those dudes who always puts on entertaining fights. He's always excited how he lost to Crown Gracie. I'll never understand. Uh, but how But he's always exciting, always puts on exciting fights. Um, and yeah, I you know, I, I wish they would put him in front of fans because when you make fun matchups like Daniel Pineda, um, you know, we should have, there should have been a crowd there. That would have been so much better with a crowd in that fight. Yeah.
2: Yeah. If they go back to Phoenix or even if they, because I think he's training in Florida now or he's living in Florida now, like I know mean, they're in Jacksonville, but if they go back to Florida again. Like he should fight there or in Phoenix because he's got the, you know, he had the connection with the lab for so long. Like, Take let him fight in front of people he, like, that, that know him. What, 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 what's the
4: card? The UFC owes um, to, Was it? Um, Jacksonville. Uh, no, not Jacksonville. The uh, the card. Oh, uh, ta- uh, Tachi, Tachi Palace. Tachi Palace. Tachi Palace. Bring it to Tachi Palace. Tachi Palace. <laughs> the Tachi Ballas, come on, man. They got nothing to do up there. All right. <laughs> doo, doo, doo. Um, <clears throat> oh, let's talk about this. God, why is this
2: Thoughts on the done point done? deductions by Tyone and Herb Dean. No warnings prior, but once the foul occurs, they are taking points. I had no issue with the Tyone point deduction. And so I had Tyone no issue was, with the Herb Tyone Dean. was, this was the headbutt, right? The headbutt? Yeah, that was – I mean, that was like – that, that should have been a point that was yeah. an agree that was an egregious head yeah. but you know what and the, the, great the, by San the San first Kuchu. ball kick was nasty Ugh. that was a bad one there's a there's a photo of johnny munoz that he t- put it on uh on twitter, twitter. Of, he's holding a bottle of urine, urine and it ain't like it ain't clear. and it ain't it yellow, yellow. It's, red. <laughs> it's red it's red it's disgusting um but I had no issue with the tayoni one, the Herb Dean one I I've seen kind of back and forth on Damon. What did you think about the point deductions tonight?
3: I thought both were good. The head, the, the leading with the head was pretty, pretty clear cut. And yeah. for one, Chris Tognoni is one of those referees. I usually give a hard time because he doesn't do that. He's usually not a quick, you know, pulling the trigger to do a point deduction. Uh, Herb Dean, I love Herb. I think Herb's again, I know Herb is, is, kind of lost his role of being the best referee in the business, which I think now belongs to guys like Mark Goddard and, and Jason Herzog, but he's still a good quality veteran referee. And I think Herb gives way too many warnings and not enough point deductions. He is all about hard warning, hard warning, hard warning. And then finally he'll do a point deduction. I think it was justified to point deduction after a second low blow. And the first one being, I mean, the first one should have been an immediate point deduction. When you punt the guy, and in the in the in the in the nether region, you should just get a point deduction. I'm sorry, like that's just really really bad, and that all that completely alters the direction of fight. And as it turned out, when he took the point deduction the second time, it still didn't matter. The fight outcome was still the way it was. And I know in a three, I we gotta. Here's the thing about point deduction, guys. We gotta stop looking at it as if you're penalizing them in a three round fight. I know we all understand that, but a foul is a foul. Like, you shouldn't, there should be extra consideration just because you're in a three round fight that it could completely alter the fight. We all understand that. Don't foul the guy. Like, be more conscious of not ducking your head and leading with your head or kicking a guy in the baby maker. Like, don't do it.
4: Uh, for the Tayoni, the headbutt. Uh, yeah, absolutely correct call. Um, Senko said, actually, Bisbee was like, well, it was accidental. And then Senko was pointed out. No, that was reckless because literally, like, his head was up here and his arms were behind him. <laughs> that was just because there was a headbutt in another fight. Uh, what was it? What was it? There was another headbutt in a different fight later in the night. Um, and that was correctly called a oh no, uh, Darlovsky, dontel mace that had a headbutt, but that was accidental. You know, it was curious, just two guys just they both zigged when they, you know, yeah, great by Tony. and the Herb Dean. Ooh, man, <sighs> the fight was almost. The fight should have been over. Honestly, Johnny Munoz was. I'm okay if not. I. 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 I do think that fight, that kick was slightly reckless, but both of them were throwing kicks at the same time, so kind of those things happen. And unfortunately, uh, was it Johnny Munoz? That's his name, right? The guy. They got. Yeah. Yeah. He got. He just got hit much harder. Um. Yeah. I. I. I Sometimes, Munoz like if it was that bad the first time. Sometimes it's just it's just not your night, and sometimes just it might be time to take a no contest. Um, That's all. I mean, because if you're if you're if you're pissing blood after the fight from that, I mean, you you you, you're not gonna win fights at this level. And he he fought very weird after that fight. I mean, I don't recall. Does he have a pull guard that much? I don't recall him fighting like that. Not that I can
2: remember. Like that. Yeah. yeah I
4: mean, like it I mean it was like he was it was hardcore porting guard, like constantly where like it was like, all oh, right, like but um yeah, it was just um unfortunate. But uh I'm glad Herb Dean did did detect a point for the second, the second time.
2: Yeah. If it happens the second time after that first one, you have to take a point. Yeah. You have to people were saying like they should have taken a point at the first one. I understand why he didn't the first one, but if it's yeah. the same foul again, you gotta do it. Sorry, yeah. you have to. Yeah. Um yeah. All right. I'll take a couple more. Terrence Leverett celebrates nine months of membership. Karina Silva killed it tonight. What's next for her? Happy anniversary, Terrence. Uh, I will have an answer for that tomorrow and on to the next one. Uh, What would you like to see next for Karina Silva, Damon? Uh,
3: You know, I mean, I know this sounds very generic, but just allow her to continue building up and don't rush her. I mean, she's what is she 16, 16 and four with 16 finishes, that's a pretty remarkable record, which, by the way, Daniel Panade also discredited every win he's ever had in his career, 28 wins, all by submission or knockout. I mentioned that because that's pretty amazing, even though he didn't win tonight, although that was still a pretty incredible record when you think about how long that guy's been around. 16 wins, 16 finishes. Let her continue building up. There's no reason to throw her in the snake pit. I know the divisions are a little more shallow at women in women's divisions now than they used to be, especially at bantamweight and Featherweight. Uh but yeah, give her time to build up. Just let let her go, let her continue to have fun fights. I know they're doing the card uh down in Sao Paulo in November. I'm not saying that she should necessarily have to wait that long, but let her let her have some fun and, and cuz she's a fun fighter who goes for finishes, um let her continue to do that for a little while before you throw her in the deep end of that pool. Yeah. yeah.
4: Pretty much um uh, uh someone 13 14 15 even you know kind of top 20 um no no reason to rush her uh she's a very exciting fighter uh yeah and just a fantastic maybe one of the best submissions of the year in the ufc just like immediately i i came this close to texting my jiu coach i was like Dude, what was this? Because that looks incredibly dangerous and awesome. Definitely,
3: definitely one of the definitely one of the grossest submissions. That replay they kept showing uh, us. Like, do we really need to keep showing this? This is really bad. Uh, I know when, when you actually go,
4: oh, oh, she tapped, and then <sighs> then you see the replay and you see the knee go like that, the little pop. It's like, oh
3: god. Like when Dana, uh, when Dana White, when Dana White throws out the Instagram where he shows like the really gnarly cuts, like the up close <laughs> gnarly cuts and full on. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a horror movie fan. None, none of that none of that gets me. I'm like, "Oh, that's kind of great. Like that's kind of nasty." But none, none of that gets me. You show when someone's knee literally popping out of their out of their out of their leg, that's enough for me to kind of groan a little bit.
4: Yeah, in the first like two, under two minutes of the fight. Oh, man, what a I mean, we you know we talk about uh who I don't even know his name. The guy that the guy that lost to Jim Miller. Like who had a who had a, who had a worse UFC, de- UFC debut? Butler or Uh, Susan,
3: (laughs) it took me, by the way, I don't know. I, I, I had to bring this up real quick. I was thinking, I was trying to think of this all night long in terms of like the way that submission went. I know this is a weird comparison, but does anyone remember when Frank Mir caught, uh, Pete Williams with the arm bar from the bottom where he had his arm locked, he twisted it to the side and it wasn't like a, it wasn't straight in an arm bar. Like it was, he literally caught him almost like in a key lock from the bottom. And he twisted his arm and tapped on that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The other way. That's kind of what the knee reminded me of where like, she didn't, she didn't straighten it out. She twisted. When you watch her, she did it purposely. Cause when you see her Mm -hmm. turn, she turned it, but she didn't have like the ankle or the heel completely locked out. It was just a nasty turn. It reminded me even though that was an arm lock, not a leg lock, it reminded me of that when he caught Pete Williams, where he just got him in a weird position and twisted it. Go watch the Frank fight. You kind of know what I'm talking about.
4: Okay yeah I don't know I'm not familiar with that, but I, 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 I can I can picture it. yeah, a lot of people are calling it um, like a, a lateral knee bar, which isn't like really a thing of it, but essentially you no know, knee bar instead of hyper extending it hyper extending it this way, hyper you just went the other way. And she did that by basically controlling the ankle and then using her knee to uh, scar reaping and to reap her knee and um, and just and just being a much more experienced grappler than her opponent and her opponent just kind of not recognizing it in time. And you—I mean, when I say in time, you literally only have like a second and a half. But that's that's all. No, it's not very much time. So, let's just uh, call it
2: the. Let's just call it the Reaper. That's I, just a badass name. Yeah, that Reaper. Yeah, <laughs> that was the Reaper. We'll uh, do that. Uh, my first thought for Karina still before we move on was Antonia Shevchenko. That was the first name I had in my mind. But then I realized that like Antonia Shevchenko doesn't appear like she's fighting anytime soon because she's like flying airplanes and shit. <laughs> And, like, loving life, like flying airplanes. So it doesn't seem like she's in any rush to come back to fight. So so we'll see. I have an idea. I, I think I have the right fight, but maybe I mean, like, not too high. We, not is, too like, low.
3: is Andrea Lee, like, is that, like, at that top? I was thinking Andrea Lee, too. That was yeah, actually, like I was going to
4: say Andrea Lee. That, that Yeah, that's she, was, that's she, lost,
3: a bad one. she lost to Macy Barber. Like, that's kind of, like, where she's at, that Bob in that top 15, like, around that level, maybe.
2: I'm going a little bit lower than that. I'm going outside of the top 15, but not by much. Not by much. Yeah, that's
3: kind of, that's kind of what I'm thinking, though. It's like in that range, like not quite there. But, you know, don't rush her is what I'm getting at. Don't yeah. rush her. There's no yeah. reason to do that.
2: But, but you know, but,
4: but coming at, uh, Mike, when we were talking, to, um, the fan Q&A before, we're like, what fighter on this card outside of the main event are we looking at? No, You know what? They could be fighting for a title in a few years. And I think you were – I think you know it when you said Karina Silva. Um, Karina Silva. Um Yeah. She – of all the fighters on the card, yeah. She looks very legit. So, yeah. yeah. She I, was I on agree. the main
2: card for a reason. She was on yeah. the main card for a reason. I didn't think the UFC was like, hey, let's put her on the main card. She might – she's going to break her opponent's leg. <laughs> um, But I think <laughs> they expected her to go in there and do something impressive and get her out of there early, and that's exactly what she did. So, yeah, good performance. Are we good? I think or do we have good. anything? I yeah, think we're think good. We're good yeah i I, people i know you're upset i know you're upset but if you're a newer fan just deal like this is just gonna be if this is the first one of these decisions you've seen and you feel like this is the only time that's gonna happen (laughs) trust me when i tell you it's not gonna be the only time it's gonna happen in fact it was like the fourth the third time it happened tonight so
3: real quick before we get out of here, can I throw out one idea I had? I'm not, on, I, I'm not on to the next one. The tremendous, tremendous show that you do with AK Lee. So I don't, I don't get to be on that show, but can I throw out a suggestion tonight? Jim Miller Absolutely. said, Jim Miller said, I'm going to keep going. And I want to stay busy. And I didn't be willing to go to welterweight. Let me just throw out the idea. He said, I'd be willing to go to welterweight. Let me, I love legend fights. Jim Miller versus Matt Brown. Ooh. Welterweight, two legends, all-time knockout leader versus all-time win leader. How could you not sell that as like a legit like main event or co-main event somewhere? And I'm saying this as a guy who does a podcast with Matt Brown and a guy who absolutely adores Jim Miller. I love Jim Miller. So I'm kind of putting two of my favorites against each other. He said he'd go to Welterweight. I like when the UFC matches up fun, like legend fights. Why not? That would be a fun legend
2: fight. Or... You know, I'm just going to say it because I haven't decided yet. If Nick Diaz is going to fight again, I would not be opposed to seeing Jim Miller versus Nick Diaz. I wouldn't throw More. Nick Diaz in there with really anybody else. At 170, would be not, not bad. At 170. Yeah. At 170. I would I would watch that. But yeah, I like the Matt Brown idea too. Yeah. There's many ways yeah. you can go with this. Yeah, if
4: Nick does come back, I can see that. Jim Miller and Jim Miller versus Matt Brown does seem pretty cool too. Yeah, and, and that's who Jim Miller is right now. I, don't Don't give him those guys give him you know give him fun fights kind of like you know what like like video game fights like oh we can match we can fight these guys cool you know
3: like like i know like listen i know that you know that's he's going to be at a disadvantage matt's a lot bigger and all that but come on it'd be a fun like legends fight like that if you're going to lose at welterweight wouldn't you rather lose to a guy like matt brown versus like losing to some rando they throw you on the card with like, that's the kind of fights. And that's the kind of fight Matt. That's the kind of fights Matt should have. That's the kind of fight Jim should have. Like they are that they're that era now where they like not to go back to our championship article guys, but I did the legends championship. Like that's the kind of fight you do for a legends championship. Throw in Jim Miller and Matt Brown and let them throw down the all time knockout winner against the all time winner. Come on.
2: Dude, Jim Miller versus Donald Cerrone International Fight Week was was cool. Like that was that was a nice thing. We got to see them fight each other. Cerrone, Jim Miller got a finish, and Cerrone retired, and it was like a nice moment. They they shared like a nice hug, and it was just like it was a very nostalgic fight, and like we didn't feel bad about it at all. Like even when Cerrone got finished, we weren't, we weren't like, oh man, like this is so bad to watch. We were like, hooray, this is fun, even though Cerrone see, got finished. We don't, we don't we need to, to see you. either. Was that
4: a uh, 17B? Miller?
2: Or did Cerrone come That out was right uh, it, That was International Fight Week last year. No, what, come was, it or, was it That's
4: Welterweight? On, or that was a you know? Welterweight. It was yeah. Welterweight. Okay, so Jim Miller has, yeah. has already fought a Welterweight before. Okay, I forgot. Yeah, okay, so there cool.
3: you go. Yeah, I just, what I don't want, and I'm sorry to throw him under the bus here, what I don't want is see any of these guys fighting Ihor Pateria. I'm sorry. I don't want to see that. <laughs>
2: Coming up coming up in August, UFC Boston. Jim Miller versus Armin Sarukian. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. We're Shut not doing mouth. that. Shut
3: your mouth, egg. Shut your All mouth, right. Mike. Egg. do not do this. All right, let's get out no. of here.
2: <laughs> Please don't do that. All right, well, I know. And Jim Miller would take that fight in five he seconds, yeah, too. That's the kind of dude he is. Well, it is what it is, guys. I mean, we can't turn back time. We just, we're going to be talking about this for a few days, and hopefully things change a year or two from now, but... For now, this is the sport that we love so much, and sometimes we have bad taste in our mouths, and that's kind of what <laughs> happened tonight. But we have a pay-per-view next week. UFC 289, Amanda Nunes versus Rainey Aldana. I still got vibes. I still got vibes. Something cool's going to happen. I like, I like that Manny Nunes. Man. I'm feeling pretty good about I'm it. it. I'm digging it.
4: I'm digging it. I'm feeling I'm... pretty good
2: about it. Feeling pretty good about the vibes. We get Danny Gay, yeah, Nate Landwehr. Somehow, Chris Curtis, Nasruddin, Imovov is on the prelims, but... It is what it is, my friends. So for Damon, for Casey, happy anniversary, Damon, by the way, once more. And uh, AK and I will be back tomorrow uh, for on to the next one. So have a good night, everybody. Thanks for watching.
0: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Sure, we've all had fun messing around with AI image generators and conversation bots, but AI is more than a novelty, and it's possible that your business could benefit from AI integration. SAP Business AI can help your business innovate, whether it's supply chain, finance, human resources, sales and marketing, even a generative AI copilot. SAP Business AI can offer the solutions you've only dreamt of. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Learn more at sap.com slash AI.